Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, I've got Ollie Hunter in at work. Uh, hey, Ollie, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm looking over South London. This, I can see Elephant and Castle. The sun is just breaking through the clouds. There's um, speckles of, of rain on the windows. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful day. Um, I hope it is where you are as well. I enjoyed that lovely summary of the view out of the window. <laughs> That's what people come to this podcast for, is hot view chat. Hot view chat um, is wonderful. I can see the, the London Eye just to my right. Um, the sun's coming out over Oval area, I reckon. Um, you know that if people, if you've been to London or you've been to the Oval, and you know that big tower, which has got three holes with with, with propellers at the top of it, um, a big sort of skyscraper. I can see that. I can, yeah. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at. Sounds glorious. Wonderful. Thanks. I'm How are you? I'm sat you in my front cold? room. I'm back to being full of cold again after I thought I'd got over it. So brilliant. Uh, uh, we are going to keep it short and sweet today. What we're going to do? We're going to have. Um, last week I had a lovely conversation with Marlon Favorite, who uh, who was a delight and so we're going to bring you that conversation separately as well because uh, Joe Burrow won the Heisman Trophy last weekend and last weekend's results all but guaranteed the Cincinnati Bengals are going to get the number one overall pick and will probably pick Joe Burrow so we talk to the former LSU Tiger and now commentator on the LSU team of uh, his experiences of Joe Burrow whether he thinks he'll fit in at Cincinnati with Zach Taylor all that kind of stuff plus a bit on his career and uh, we chat some football in general as well. So we'll have that for you separately. So Ollie and I are just going to run through the weekend's games. A little bit of a preview. Give you our picks. Uh, uh, basically to make sure that you still get your fix. Even though <laughs> I sound like... I've got a death rattle going on. <sighs> and, and that's Sherry doesn't sack us as well. So it's, um, there, there are multiple things at play here. Uh, we're providing a service for yourselves and for us as well. Um, he couldn't be bothered um, to turn up, so let's not talk about Matt Sherry. Oh, okay. I'm going out, but I'm definitely, you know, just fobbing off the podcast. That's all he's doing to me. And he's letting down the listening public. Yeah, he is. It's his fault, in fact. I blame him. Yep, entirely. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page with this. Right, we've got, th- we've got a really uh, good slate of Saturday games this year. This kind of weird weekend of the year where they go, we won't have Thursday games, but we'll have Saturday games because there's no college football. Uh, they're doing a triple header this year instead of a double header. And a couple of these games were looking only okay a couple of weeks ago, but kind of the way that the football's gone over the last three or four weeks. Actually, we've got a couple of tasty-looking games here. Starting off in the 6 p.m. kickoff, uh, the Houston Texans, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in uh, in Tampa Bay. Um, the reason this is intriguing is because Houston have been incredibly up and down, as we've seen over recent weeks. They did pick up the win over the Titans last week uh, to put them pretty much in control of the AFC South. They can lock up that division with a win in this game. But they're going up against a Buck side who have what won five of the last six, been really frisky. Jameis Winston's just thrown for back-for-back 450-yard games. And whilst he's missing a couple of... Um, a couple of tough injuries in wide receiver and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they've moved the ball regardless. And honestly, I think the Texans secondary against this Tampa Bay passing offense means that we're going to get a bit of a shootout. But the Texans secondary did have a good game last week against the Titans. They restricted 
um, Ryan Tannehill. They, I thought Jonathan Joseph, Joseph who uh, has had a, uh, quite a few detractors, the old man. Um, I thought he had a really good game. There was one is, particular... Is this just some old man solidarity on your part? Yeah, absolutely. There was one particular breakup uh, thrown to the right-hand side of the Texans field, left-hand side of... Uh, right-hand side of the Titans, left-hand side of the Texans, where he, he got a mitt up and broke up a, a, a stone wall touchdown. It's stuff like that that got these Texans... Um, and, and as soon as he did it, the whole team kind of rallied around him. They saw saw how important that moment was um so i think it the texans are starting to you're right they are up and down it was lose one win two lose one win two they lost two weeks ago they won one uh last week against the titans i'd expect them to win again against the bucks the bucks aren't great at home they're two and four and they've got those injuries and despite um having the likes of oj howard and cameron Bray helping out a tight end and it's about time as well. They've been anonymous so far this season. Uh, I'd expect against a not great Buccaneers defense, the the, the Texans and Deshaun Watson um, to to get things going. I'm with you. I'm taking a Texans win here. I think that you're right. The Deshaun Watson, the pass protection has been much better since Laramie Tunsil's been there with that little bit of extra time in the pocket. He uh, he should be able to should be able to pick apart. This uh, this Bucks secondary. Uh, then we've got the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills, Gillette Stadium. Um, the the Patriots have got this ridiculous twenty four plus turnover differential, uh, including they they won the turnover battle when they played the Bills uh, way back in Week Four by plus three, but still only just got past them. Um, the, uh, the I think the problem is is. I think New England aren't moving the ball well at all. And I know they got that win last weekend, but the two touchdown throws came on short field. You got the pick six as well. They, they didn't play well on offense by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't suddenly like a get healthy game for them. And then you've got on the other side, Josh Allen, who the Bills turnovers won them that game last week. But all in all, they moved the ball better than Pittsburgh did, but that's not saying a huge amount with Pittsburgh missing still their best wide receiver, having a limited James Connor and having Duck Hodges under center. I, I think we're going to have a, well, I don't think, I know we're going to have a low scoring game here. I'm going to go that far out on a limb. I don't know. I kind of fancy the bills. I kind of fancy the bills defense to just completely shut the Patriots down. It's massive heart over the head though. That isn't it. And um, I, I know you're using the, I know you're using the recency of how the the Patriots' offense hasn't been playing that well, and the Bills are playing really hard. And we'd all we'd all love for the Bills to win. I'd love it if they beat them. Love it, but um, I just think the 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 Pats at home, and despite the Bengals, keeping hey, they lost close, that they lost that home winning streak recently, though, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. But the Pats at home against teams in the AFC. In, in their division, the in the AFC East, I just I can't see anything but a Pats win. I'd love it if the Bills did it, um, and they're they're getting things going on on offense a bit. Um, if Allen can can find an open John Brown, and if Allen can use those tight ends, Knox, who who looked quite impressive last week, and Devin Singletree and and Frank Gore dovetailing pretty well. It's just that defense, that pass defense is so good that I can see them stifling and getting perhaps 
a score on defence and um, the Patriots getting one score with James White on the ground and it being a 17-10 win. And, and it's a story we've seen written many a time over the last 15 years and even more so over the last season or two with the Patriots, haven't we? So I'm going Patriots. I mean, I love it. On, well. on the gridiron pick'em game, I'm still taking the Patriots at home because I'm not an idiot. But I just I fancy the Bills to really take this one tight. And if they do win, I wouldn't be that shocked. Now, the Rams' yeah. recent resurgence as well, the two-week resurgence that they had, including the excellent performance over the Seahawks, came to a shuddering halt in Arlington, Texas, against the Dallas Cowboys last week. They now have to go on the road to a 49ers side who lost that tight one to the Falcons last week, that stumble... And a stumbling performance. It wasn't just a stumble as in giving up the late touchdown, but it was disjointed and it was one of their worst. It was their worst game of the season so far. But all three losses have come on the last play of the game. They're yet to lose a game by more than a score. And I just think that with the depth of the the 49ers roster, getting back home, getting to face off with a Rams side that they know so well, I, I... despite my usual pessimism, can't see them losing back-to-back games and would expect them to deal with the Rams, particularly based on how the Rams played last weekend. Yes, I would agree with you there. The Rams, they're quite like the Texans in some ways, that they're not in in quarterback talent. That's vastly different between Goff and Watson. But in how streaky they are and how um, one week something works, but the other thing doesn't, like offense or um offense or jared goff looks pretty hot but what's going on in defense and secondary doesn't work and the next week it's it's flipped well last week it was everything didn't work the defense looks really bad uh the the offense looks awful jared goff looking like the jared goff that we um that we all kind of expected well not not all of us but a lot of us kind of expected that he can't read the field quickly. He panics under pressure. Um, he can he can make those those pretty Hollywood throws, but some of the basic stuff actually deserts him and goes missing. Uh, I think the, the 49ers are going to bounce back in a in a really big way. Um, George Kittle is 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 so much fun to watch, and I know it was in a defeat against Atlanta, but he was still the best player on the field and uh, on both sides of the ball. So I expect the the 49ers to bounce back and um, the Rams sadly to be out of contention. Look, I'm I'm, I'm desperate for a Rams win here. Rams win. Why? Seahawks loss. Well, Rams win, a Seahawks loss and then all Green Bay needs to do is win out and they oh, get the number right. one yeah, seed. Yeah. So, what a farce. There we go. What a farce. What, what a farce. Well, they would be a farce. The worst team. I reckon it would be the worst team ever to get the number one seed if, if by some miracle Aaron Rodgers proves that he's a better than average quarterback over the last two seasons um, yeah it, it would be a miracle but that's what I'm hoping but on the gridiron pick'em game I'm going the San Francisco 49ers it is funny that however the, the, the kind of narrative around these teams because uh, with the Seahawks they've just set the record or, or equaled the record for most one score games won in a season they've won 10 of their wins have come by a score and they've won 10 out of 11 games that have been within a score this season. Their points differential is just plus 36. 
Uh, I'm very aware that Ollie disappeared and reappeared then, but hopefully he's back, so I'll just keep going. Their points differential is plus 36. Now, Green Bays is only 14 points better than that, and they've won a bunch of tight games. For the Seahawks, we're saying, oh, isn't it brilliant that they win tight games? For the Packers, we're going, yeah, yeah, they're winning, but they're not very good, are they? I just... I, th- I think that's a little bit harsh on the uh, on the narrative between these two teams. Um, who are they facing this weekend? Let's scroll through because there's a bunch of games we don't actually need to talk about uh, on this slate. There are some good ones in there t- as well. They're hosting Carolina. They're, they're playing ca- the Cardinals, aren't they? So, yeah, in a, in a 9:25 kickoff, Seahawks. Uh, do you know what? I'm I'm just going to go as simple as a Seahawks win, but by one score. <laughs> I think I think you're right there. I mean, the I mean they're, they're, they're own, actually, in fact, their only I think their only win that came by more than a score all season came in Arizona. So maybe that's wrong, but just yeah, I'd expect them to get the business done at home. Arizona's offense has looked interesting at times, but I think that's mostly down to Kyler Murray being excellent. Um, you know, if you give him a bit of time in the pocket and you've not got Jadavian Clowney and Ezekiel Elliott for uh, for Pete Carroll, those defensive pieces that they're missing, I think that's they're there. If they get Bobby Wagner and uh, Quandre Diggs back for the 49ers game, that's huge. This week... It might just be a case of getting through it for them and getting doing enough to get by, and and they are the kings at doing that this year and forever and ever more. So yeah, I think they're going to win like twenty three twenty or something like that. Yeah, I can't, I couldn't disagree with you there because they just managed to get things done, get 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 uh, their team over the line. Um, they're really like the Patriots in that respect, where. They they're managing to win. I know the Patriots have had some convincing wins, but they're managing to win where parts of their game haven't particularly worked well, or they let the team back in. That's actually that's the biggest thing, isn't it? They let teams back in, or or they don't put teams away, and teams then feel like that they can um, come back on what which on a, a defense which isn't actually that good, and an offense. I know you've got uh, you've got Wilson and you've got Carson and you've got Lockett and you've got Metcalf and you've got well you don't have Josh Gordon anymore but that was that's a whole nother podcast but um, it, they're being hamstrung by play calling in, in Schottenheimer so there are issues with the Seahawks team which you'd think if the, it would be found out by the playoffs and the Kinks would be would be. Um, not they wouldn't be ironed out. Those kinks will get bigger and bigger because they're just not they're not a good team or a fully well rounded team. The gaping kinks, the gaping kinks. That's what we call them. The, the, the Seattle kinks. Um, that's a whole other podcast as well. But um, I'm t- I'm taking the Seahawks in this. I, I, the Cardinals. They're. I just I, I still don't see it particularly with Kyler Murray. Um, I, I think Kyler Murray's really good. I, I actually think Kyler Murray yeah. is really, really good. Maybe it's, I think the maybe offense. It's Kingsbury. Yeah, I, is the, I, I don't think the offense works at all. I, I the, he is 
constantly the one having to make the plays, constantly having to throw into incredibly tight windows. Guys are not getting open. He's having to make the plays with his legs. I don't think Kingsbury's offense is working in the NFL. And I don't think that's a talent problem because they went and got two receivers very specific to work in his offense in the draft alongside Kyler Murray. I think it's a problem with Kingsbury's coaching, uh, but I actually think Kyler Murray is the potential future there. But he's probably done enough Kingsbury and he's been brought in to sort the offense out. So because the offense is working, they will keep him around. Hazel Irvin here at Spencer Park in Coventry, where 37-year-old Emily and her mates are taking part in a fancy dress fun run to fundraise for sports relief. And that means I've been lumbered with her dog, Tilly. Oh, Tilly, not over there. And they're off. An impressive array of costumes on show today, everything from penguins to pirates, all taking on poverty and injustice. Respect. Spectacular. Poverty getting crushed by Katie on a space hopper. Easy. Coming into the final stretch now, and it's neck and neck. I think we're in for a photo finish here. But it's Suzanne smashing through injustice. She is a winner. Hey, Tilly, get off my tutu. Tilly, sit. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief, it's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll through a few other games because we don't need yeah, to talk it, about them. Uh, Bengals-Dolphins. I, yeah, I kind of fancy a Bengals win in this one uh, just to make the final week of the season the number one overall pick uh, vaguely interesting. Uh, the Steelers take on the Jets. They should win that one. Uh, although, you know, the, their loss last week puts a serious kibosh on any playoff credentials that they have in terms of doing anything in January with that offense. Uh, the Giants take on Washington. I mean... Yeah. Well, um, sorry, nodded off for a moment. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Colts, Panthers. I mean, God, there are some real, real duds, duds in this uh, window, aren't there? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a Browns team who technically aren't out of the playoffs thanks to that Steelers loss last week. If they can get a win in this one and then beat the Steelers next week, then they might sneak their way in somehow to the sixth seed. But you've got to say, home field advantage, their only bad loss of the season really was to the Browns. You, you, it's been an ugly season where, I don't know, it, it, it's been one of the really great regular season performances. Can you see one of the great regular season teams we've watched losing twice to the, uh, to the Cleveland Browns? Can we really see that? No, I can't see that. I think um, Harbour will have drilled it into his team. We lost to these guys first time around. Don't let that happen again. Do not let that happen again. So I, there's no way. I, if I was ever to gamble my house, it may be on this game. Now, the New Orleans Saints take on the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. The Titans, if they win this weekend and the Texans lose to the Bucks, which I don't think is an impossibility, then they go into Week 17 knowing that all AFC South clash could be for all of the marbles. Um, the Saints, I, I think that last week they didn't go up against a team that where the lack of players on the defensive line, but the two lost players in, in Sheldon Rankings and uh, and the young edge rusher they drafted last year, uh, they didn't show up at all. 
because they were you know that they were managed to steamroll a team i think that the titans and that run game and derrick henry and everything that comes along with it could cause them real real problems at home and i kind of fancy a titans win in this one sorry derrick henry I thought, I, uh, can you just repeat that for me? Derek Henry? Derek Henry, who's always been a great north-south runner. I just find him one-dimensional. I find him boring. He doesn't have a good acceleration uh, at all. I thought you were going to say, Derek Henry, who I've always rated. I have. Um, I mean, I have always rated him, as you know. Jeff Reinbold, uh, I don't know whether you saw this on the coverage on Sunday, likened him to Jonah Lomu <laughs> as this um, freak athlete, who uh, is six foot three, two hundred and seventy pounds, and can run fast? I'm not, I'm not Jeff. I love you, buddy, but I'm not totally seeing that. But I think Jonah Lomu had an incredible step, which I don't think um, Derek Henry does. Um, but he's he's a fun guy to watch. Uh, what um, what the Texans did really well is man mark him. So. If he, he was spied upon by, I can't remember the linebacker, but spied upon by the linebacker, maybe merciless. And then as soon as Derek Henry hit the line of scrimmage, bang, there was at least two men on him. The Saints and don't have they that. Really they, well. The Saints they just don't it. have it at all. They don't have, their two weakest positions right now on the defense and now the interior of their defensive line and their linebackers where they've had injuries galore. And so Derek Henry should eat this up. They love a big play. So you set up the play action, you get AJ Brown involved. And yeah, the Titans secondary is dinged up. And yes, we know that this is a really good Saints team. I, I, yeah, I, I expect it to be tight either way. But do you know what? I, I, I think the difference between this Titans team and, say, that 49ers team the Saints lost to a couple of weeks ago is that the Titans have some injuries in their secondary, but they run a really complex defense with lots of disguised coverages that will cause more consternation for Drew Brees than vice versa. He's obviously good enough to pick that out, but he's also not going to be able to pick them apart in the same way he was able to pick apart the 49ers' very simple defense. And I'm feeling a shootout, and I'm feeling a Titans win at home in a shootout. I'm going to take the Saints. I think they are the better team. But then the Titans, they do do these things when it is on the line and they have to win. Generally, they win. Uh, I think Vrabel's really good at getting his team up for that. Except when it really mattered last week. <laughs> well, I'm not sure it really mattered last week. It wasn't do or die. It was, abs- pretty- it was pretty much do or die last week. They, the Texans could have won the division by the time they play the Saints on Sunday night if they beat the Buccaneers. Titans had to win last weekend. I know, but with three games left, this, this one really, really, really is do or die going up against the Saints who who let's, let's put it this way this wouldn't have been do or die if they'd beaten the Texans last weekend yeah I know I know but it's become do or die because of that result that's the point yeah. all right all right right but you're taking uh, the Saints that's the main thing uh, the yeah, Char- Chargers take on the Raiders uh, Chargers win uh, Broncos take on the Lions God, they, I mean it's good that there are some of these real duffers because it means that the other games really mean something but there are some real duffers so let's get on to um, let's let's get on to the NFC East Ugh. Ugh. I want to tie in this um, just so they're both rubbish 
Greg, Greg Rosenthal nailed this earlier this week uh, when I was uh, chanting for extra time that the Cowboys' best game is clearly better than the Eagles' best game. Like, the, the Cowboys have more talent than the Eagles, and when they play like they did against the Rams, they are the better football team. My problem is, is that I expect them to drop the ball because that's what they do. It's what Jason Garrett does. It's what they've consistently done. Miles Sanders really, really has picked up for Philly over the last couple of weeks with Greg Ward providing something at, at wide receiver as well. And I thought the second half of that game last weekend, Carson Wentz put his big boy pants on and showed what he can be. So I'm not giving this to the Cowboys. Can people look at that Cowboys result last weekend against the Rams? They're suddenly heavy favourites to go into Philadelphia and get a win. I've been saying all season I thought Philly were going to come out of this division because they'll win this home game against the Cowboys. I've been slightly curtailed in that after what I saw last weekend. I'm I'm leaning towards picking the Cowboys based on pure talent. But could they absolutely cock it up? Yeah, of course they could. Of course they could. They've got Jason Garrett as their head coach. Absolutely, of course they could. But I thought that win last week was was brilliant. Um, it, it was it, in all in all facets of the game and offense, defense, and special teams. They were brilliant. Um, I know it's up against the Rams, and the Rams really did poop the bed, but. I think that a lot has got to be said about coming into a game in form with confidence, knowing you've got to win. I think in within them, Garrett will probably say that they're the underdogs to try and get them up for this. And that will be probably the same. It'll probably be the same thing that uh, Coach Peterson, Doug Peterson is going to say as well to his team and, and play on that underdog thing that they, they did two years ago when they reached reached and won the Super Bowl. It's a really, really tight game. For once, the NFC East is throwing up an interesting game, but for all the wrong reasons, because there's so much on the line. I'm leaning, I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys, I think. That's what I've put on my pickums. But you know, I probably will change that by the end of the, by the, by the time the, the game starts. These, these teams are both seven and seven. Do you know when the last time the this Cowboys team won back to back games was. Jeez. Uh last season. The last time the Cowboys won back to back games was when they got to play the Giants and the Eagles back to back. I'm just can't that was their Eagles performance where they really fell apart. And then they got to play the Giants off the back of a bye week at home. So yeah. <laughs> you're just kinda going You've looked since then and it's been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. It's just this idea of them putting two good games together back-to-back is what puts me off. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the Cowboys because they are the more talented team, but I don't feel good about it at all. I, I If the Eagles win, I'm going to feel stupid for not backing the horse that I've been backing all season. Uh, on Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs face the Bears. Bit of a shame that this is the Sunday Night Football game, really, because of the, the fact that the Bears went out of playoff contention last weekend. Uh, but I thought Pat Mahomes in the snow against Denver was absolutely superb. Like, honestly, made it look like it was just any normal game to him. 
made it look like it was any normal game. He just threw the ball as he normally does. The offense kind of stuttered a little bit because that's what happens when you're playing in, you know, a couple of uh, a few inches of snow. But I don't fancy Mitch Trubisky off the back of his recent hot streak to uh, to be able to move the ball much on this Chiefs defense who have been a big big turnaround. Steve Spagnolo really has managed to mix things up, has made their pass defense look a lot better recently. They've added Terrell Suggs this week who should be a really good situational pass rusher for them. I expect the Chiefs to go into Chicago and handle their business. I mean, I hope so. I, I agree with you. Mr. Um, Trubisky has looked actually a bit better, but I think that is not necessarily entirely down to him, but more the deficiencies on the defences that he's found. And he's also got some two really good receivers in Robinson and Harris who managed to get open when probably they shouldn't. When it comes to the Chiefs, I implore people to go back and watch not just the highlights, maybe the extended 40 highlights of or the full game um, breakdown of, of, that, of the game in the snow, Patrick Mahomes was unbelievable. Just watch his feet in the pocket. It looks like he's walking on top of the snow. He's so light-footed, maneuvering, dancing around. The, the, the timing in everything that he does, just watch his feet, is, is unreal. It's so, so, so good to watch. Proper, proper quarterback. Absolutely love it. I think I expect him to, to go in and, and actually put on a bit of a show yet. He's found... The, he's refound that connection with Travis Kelsey that wasn't there just off the back of him um, coming back from that injury. Last week, they, they looked totally in sync. Tyreek Hill is, is making plays again as well. They'll get that running game going against this Bears defense as well. The, the kind of the outside, the, the outside the numbers stuff with the running game too. I'm going for a big Chiefs win statement win they're going to lay a marker down for the Ravens and the Pats as well alright that's all our games this weekend right nothing else to talk about uh, wait a second there is one of the best Monday night football games it may be the most important Monday night football game this season oh, brilliant now, now you're making, Green Bay now you're trying to make me go back and look at all the other Monday night football games because there have been a couple of barnstormers this year but uh, this is a big one fair, fair this yeah. is a big one it's absolutely massive. Green Bay go to Minnesota. Green Bay, who haven't looked right, despite being 11-3. and three, the, the offense has really struggled over the recent weeks when the defense actually has stepped up a bit. Before that, when the offense looked like it was looking really good, the defense looks really good. That's a scary thing, potentially. If both of these, if both things work at the same time, then Green Bay could be a good team it's just you as a Green Bay fan you're worried that you haven't seen uh, you haven't seen enough consistency for a long long period of time from both sides of the ball and I'm going to lump in special teams there as well because J.K. Scott the, the punter had a really good start to the season and that's tailed off over the last three or four weeks so it, massive for Green Bay and then on the other side with Minnesota Kirk Cousins who who had that hot streak it seems to have come a bit back to the norm as maybe Matthew Sherry is pleased with. It's just a really, really intriguing game in their house. We've seen them not do it in their house on in prime time when it matters. Will that happen again? I really hope so, but I'm not sure. 
So this is where Matt Sherry will get represented on this podcast this week because I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is playing well enough to go into Minnesota and beat this Vikings defense. They're 6-0 at home this year. We know how talented they are. This unit, which they've managed to keep together for so long, that are brilliant at linebacker with, with Kendricks and Barr and, and the guys they've got in there. That Daniil Hunter, Daniil Hunter should be in the conversation of a defensive player of the year. He has played uh, up there with the likes of TJ Watt, Stefan Gilmore. He has fantastic, phenomenal production. Again, another brilliant week last week with, I think, two forced fumbles in a sack as well. Just ridiculously good. The best safety tandem in the NFL right now in uh, Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, potentially. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes has been actually slightly been able to be picked on this year. And so that's a matchup that even though he is and still like still is one of the better corners in the NFL. He has had a, a few moments of weakness this year, so maybe that's somewhere that Aaron Rodgers can pick on. My problem is, is that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been Aaron Rodgers really for three years now. Not that level that we remember from 20, 2009, 2011, 2000, like those uh, vintage Rodgers seasons where mm. his highs were as high as we've ever seen, and those are some of the best quarterback seasons I can remember in the history of, you know, my time watching the NFL. I know I'm, you know, not a, a great historian like Matthew Sherry, but you know, his highs are as high as anyone gets. Maybe he gets hot this week. Maybe he pulls it off. Maybe he goes in there and does it. But I just think those undefeated home Minnesota Vikings are going to be too much for Green Bay and they're going to tie things up at the top of the division and then it gets real interesting going into week 17. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I can't disagree with anything that you said there. Rodgers hasn't looked hasn't looked himself or hasn't looked that Rogers that, that um, the stats and the statist, statisticians and Damashek and all of those guys who are a massive Rogers acolytes they he hasn't been the second coming the goat he has he's massively fallen out of that conversation and against that defense Harrison Smith is is easily my favorite safety in the league uh, he's one of the best players in that position for the last five years, I reckon. He's so consistent. He's so good. Um, and he, what he does what he does so brilliantly is not just the, 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 the safety stuff, but also coming down and disrupting the line as well. So Green Bay have got to cope with all of that. Their offensive line, despite everyone staying on Bakhtiari and Bulaga, they need to keep those guys fit for the entire game. If they do that, maybe Rodgers will have a chance because he'll have more time. He'll have those guys that he knows in front of him. I just can't see it. That They haven't and, and, been able to stay fit. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be some kind of blowout. I, I'm not saying that, you know, Kirk Cousins hasn't really had to show out since that second half performance against Denver when they found themselves down 20 points. You know, he's not had to be good since then, but he's been good enough. I, I, like, honestly, if this game goes to overtime, I wouldn't be that stunned. It's that kind of game. But I just fancy the Vikings to pull it off at home. And, you know, for the sake of Week 17 intrigue, I wouldn't mind it if they did either. Sorry, buddy. It's all right, fella. It's all right. I already told you that I want the Rams to win. So, you know, well, when it gets the Vikings to, to win. When it gets down to the business end of, of, the, of the season, the regular season, you're looking at, um, tiebreakers and records and even if you've got soft spots for teams if it's going to affect um, either your team or teams that have 
we have soft spots for across um, the AFC or, or, or the other other divisions. Suddenly, you're you're fully rooting against teams that you you would be rooting up until about week fourteen for in any case, unless it's the Patriots. <laughs> Good, right, lovely stuff. Uh, listen out for the Marlon favourite conversation because I'm going to put that out and something else for you to entertain your NFL weekend with. Enjoy the Saturday games because that's going to be a real blast. And we'll be back. We will definitely do an early week podcast next week because we'll have yeah. to because there'll be so much to talk about. So we'll message now and let's sort out something for Monday. Uh, so we can get it done and in the books before Christmas. Thank you for listening at Gridiron and all that good stuff. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. This has been the Gridiron Show. Hooray. Ho, ho, ho. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right. Got to go, blood. to the Horse Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. And there's more. Every day during the Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play or-to-win game. Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Full-time supply, 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org.